Welcome to the Josh Scanlon Podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. Welcome, my friends, to another edition of the Heritage Wealth Planning YouTube channel. Today, we're going to talk about the state of Indiana and how that taxes retirees. Unfortunately, I sidestepped Indiana and went from Illinois directly to Iowa. So I got to come back and get on the Hoosier State. So my apologies to you, my good friends in Indiana. I didn't mean to exclude you. So I want to reach back to you and talk about how you tax retirees. So what we do here is we start, as we always do, with me minimizing myself, excuse me, and then going to Kiplinger's because Kiplinger's is my resource, go to resource for most of this stuff. And then I dive into a couple other uh, websites that you'll watch me as I go through to show you how Indiana taxes retirees. And to my chagrin, I was stunned to see Indiana in dark blue, because according to Kiplinger's, dark blue is equivalent to being the least tax friendly. So let's see what that's about. That uh, That is actually kind of surprising to me that Indiana would be two of the quintiles below Illinois, if you can believe that, my friends. So you got five quintiles, a quintile is 20% each. Illinois is in the middle quintile. Indiana is in the least, uh, the lowest quintile. That's, uh, that's shocking to me. So let's talk about what Indiana does here. The least tax friendly. The Hoosier State promotes itself as a low tax haven, but some retirees may beg to differ. Remember, this video is how states tax retirees, state-by-state state guide ta to taxes on retirees. While the state does exempt Social Security benefits and offers limited exemption for military pensions, and civil service pensions, IRAs, 401k plans, private pensions are fully taxable. In addition to state taxes, counties and school districts can levy income taxes as well. Uh, is one of the uh, one of Kiplinger's least tax-friendly states for retirees? They got a little typo there. Kiplinger's has a couple of typos I see. So if you're watching this, ed Kiplinger editor, uh, do some research here because this is probably the third or fourth typo I've seen. Uh, not a big deal, but at the end of the day, a typo is a typo. Keep in mind, too, that counties have the authority to levy their own income taxes on top of the state's flat tax, ranging from 0.2% uh, in Vermilion County to 3.3% in Pulaski County. All right, so let me just say this again for the millionth time, because this might be your first and only episode you watch. I hope not, but it might be. Each, you cannot just look at the state tax bracket for anything from sales, property, or income tax. You got to look at the big picture because just look at that 3.38% in Pulaski County on top of the Indiana uh, state tax as well. So if you just look at the state of Indiana, say, oh, Indiana's good or bad, we're going to Pulaski County, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. State sales tax is 7%. Good night. The uh, Hoosier taxes income at a flat rate of 3.23, but counties levy their own income tax, and we talked about what it ranges from. Well, effective income tax rate is 3.3 for individuals and 5.1 for joint married filing jointly, uh, calculating using Indianapolis as a domicile. Man, that's, that's not cheap, man. That is not cheap. Uh, Social Security benefits are not uh, exempt. Uh, taxpayers over 65 get to claim an additional person exemption of 1,000. Uh, taxpayers 16 and older may exclude as much as 5,000 from military pensions. Taxpayers age 62 and older may deduct from their AGI up to 16,000 from federal annuity, a pension. 
minus Social Security and railroad benefits received. I don't know what that means. Does that mean if you have twenty thousand dollars of a uh, of gross income of a federal annuity, you get sixteen thousand um, dollars of Social Security. You only get to deduct four thousand. I don't know. So that's uh, we'll have to find out. We're going to run the numbers here in a few minutes to see. IRAs tax at ordinary income, 401ks, private pensions, all taxes, ordinary income as well. Out-of-state pensions are fully taxed. Uh, we got a little bit of taxpayer, six and older, may exclude up to five. We talked about that, 5,000. Property taxes, homeowners can deduct up to 2,500 from their income tax, um, from the income taxes for property taxes paid on their residence. Homeowners can deduct up to $2,500 from their income tax for property taxes paid on their residence. So I guess you have $10,000 of property taxes, uh, $2,500 of that could be deducted from your income tax. But remember, a deduction is not the same as a credit. A deduction is much, much, much less valuable. It's not a one-for-one. One so if you have $10,000 of income taxes, you're able to deduct $2,500. That does not reduce your taxes by $2,500. just means you can deduct it. I'm not going to give the details there, but just a credit means you have $10,000 of income taxes. You have a $2,500 credit. You owe $7,500. 10000 minus your credit is what you owe. The deduction simply means you have $10,000 of income taxes, but you got to go back to the top line of your 1040 or your state of Indiana tax return and write off $2,500 of, of, uh, of gross income. And that will give you the amount of money you get taxed on, not nearly anywhere near the same as a credit, that's for sure. So that might sound pretty favorable. If your average tax is five point, what was that five point three percent? Is that yeah, five point one percent? You know, five I don't know my calculator, five point one percent on twenty five hundred bucks is I don't know what that is, uh seventy-five bucks, one hundred and twenty-five bucks. That's it. So that's not a significant amount of money uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Homeowners are eligible for standard homestead deduction, which is $45,000 or 60% of the assessed value of the homestead, whichever is less. All right, so if you have a uh, $500,000 home, most likely the most you're going to be able to deduct is uh, $45,000 uh, from your homestead. So if your house is assessed as $5,000, you'll pay tax on it as if it's uh, $455,000. Uh, a taxpayer entitled to receive a standard home debt deduction is also entitled to a supplemental deduction, 35% with an assessed value of less than 600,000 or 25% with an assessed value of more than 600,000. Okay, I don't know what that means. Um, homeowners, so if you receive that's a standard deduction, a homeowner, a taxpayer entitled to receive the standard homestead deduction, which is what this is right here, um, you can also get entitled to a supplemental deduction on top of the standard deduction. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, that doesn't make any sense to me at all, my friends. Um, the median property tax on Indiana's medium home value, the medium home value is 124. Just remember median, half of the homes are more than 124, half the homes are below is uh, $1,081. So that's uh, a little bit less than 1%. Was that about 0.8% or so? So that's pretty cheap for sure. Uh, tax breaks for seniors. This is what I wanted to see. Homeowners 65 and older who earn $25,000 or less combined for a married couple. Or less combined. 
does that mean 25,000 is combined or 20? And yeah, that doesn't make any sense. We're going to have to look at other things here because this is, I'm confused by this one here at Kid Bungers. Or maybe it's just Indiana law so jacked up. Are eligible to receive a tax reduction on property when assessed a value of 182 or less? A surviving spouse is entitled to the deduction if he or she is at least 60 years old and the deceased was at least 65 at the time of death. The amount of deduction is lesser of one half of the assessed value of the property or $12,840. A veteran 62 or older with a disability of at least 10% may qualify for, okay, I, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess I could think on that some, but for the love of me, um, what you got to do first and foremost is you got to go to your county and make sure whatever deductions you get, you're applying for, for sure. Just go down there and tell them what it is. Say, I'm 65 years old and here's my assessed value. What deductions do I get? Um, probably not a bad idea to at least have some of this knowledge in the back of your mind. Certainly talk to folks local to your area, realtors in particular, they'll know. But that is, I've never seen anything so confusing in my life. That's crazy. Or, or at least from property tax wise. At the end of the day, if this is true on median right here, right here, if uh, again, if that is true, that the median tax is a thousand bucks, roughly eleven hundred bucks on hundred twenty four thousand dollars. Um, you can just double that. If you have a 250,000 house and you can pay $2,200 in income tax or property tax, and that's not too significant. So that's, that's not bad, but uh, as confusing as all can be. And I don't know what kind of hoops you got to jump through to get that uh, deductions. Sales taxes due on purchases and an annual excise tax is also levied based on the car's original MSRP. Jeez Louise, MSRP, not the value of the purchase price, but MSRP. The amount due on a three-year-old car that costs twenty thousand bucks would be one hundred eighty-nine dollars. So, uh, sales tax is due on purchases, and there's an annual tax on top of that. And thankfully, there is no estate or inheritance tax. Wow, that's uh, I'm flummoxed. How confusing that is! All right, so in the let's go up here because we missed it last time, and this is going to be the tax foundation. So we always start with Kiplingers. They use uh, they use the tax foundation, their own resources. And we're going to dive in a little bit deeper in the tax foundation. 3.23 is a top. Whoa, look at that. Good night. So this is a perfect example of where you do not just sit there and look at the state tax rate and say, all is good. Only 3.23. No, sorry, Bob. Look at that. 9.5% is a state and local tax burden. And even that. Doesn't even put them in the top 20. And the top 20 is the least favorable for a taxpaying position perspective. I mean, but if you just say, oh, Indiana tax people cheaply, I'm moving to Indiana. Yeah, you're going to be in a rude awakening. 9.5%. Good night. That's significant. I guess they're just saying at the end of the day, they're putting it back in the county. And so you got to find out what county you want to live in, my friends. That's for sure. Uh, April 17th is Tax Freedom Day, which uh, puts them in the top 20. That We want to be in the top 20 there. All right, so let's look at sales tax. 7% uh, sales tax, uh, combined state and local. They don't, apparently you can't get a local sales tax on top of that. It's just 7% of the state, um, which puts them again, number two. Wow. Um, number two for state. So here's again, here's the opposite of that. So before we said, oh, Indiana looks great from an income tax. And here we're like, oh, Indiana looks horrible from a sales tax. And you're right on both sides, but you can't just look at it like that. Indiana is number two. An overall state sales tax, but when you look at it for combined local and state, there's they rank 22 and not in the top 20. Again, still high, but it's not in the top 20. 
That's for sure. And uh, state and local agenda. So basically people pay 1100 bucks per capita in collection on state sales tax. Um, so that, I mean, look at the jump there. You got to look beyond just the top line numbers. Property taxes. Yeah, I figured that'd be ranked pretty low. Um, in the lower end, 28, certainly not uh, super duper low, um, but roughly in the middle there, 0.87. And we are see this difference between median. Remember last we just looked at medians, about eleven hundred bucks median property tax. But here is the average uh, property tax per capita. So you got to look at median versus average because if you're just looking at the average, that may or may not have anything to do with you. The median simply says fifty above, fifty below. The average could be you got a bunch of poor people over here, a couple of rich guys over there. It's going to bring the average way down, but that might might not be applicable to you. Oh, I did miss this right here. What they charge on cigarettes, they charge a buck a pack, and they pretty high on gas tax too. So, wow, that's um, Indiana not very favorable. No other way around that. Other states are more favorable. Feelsmartasset.com, if I'm not mistaken, that's Indiana. Now, this is interesting. Actually, let me just go back real quick because what Smartasset.com is saying is that from an income, this is just for income tax. From an income tax perspective, Indiana is quite favorable, um, which is interesting because, uh, or I should say, moderate. Well, what are they saying here? I can't. Is that, is that looks like light blue? Yeah, that's a dark blue. So that's, uh, they're saying moderately tax friendly from an income tax perspective, where uh, it's least tax friendly according to Kiplinger's and certainly according to uh, Tax Foundation as well. But remember, Kiplinger's and Tax Foundation are using all three, the property taxes, the income tax, and the state sales tax and local sales tax as well. So from just a pure income tax for retirees, let's take a look as we do. We start with 25,000 Social Security, 25,000 retirement income. We say we're married finally jointly or born in 1953. Um, and we don't have a pension here, no. Okay, good. So let's see what they're saying. It looks like we're going to pay 742 to the state of Indiana in income taxes with those two scenarios, 25 Social Security, 25 retirement income. Let's just see if Social Security is truly not taxed. I just want to try something real quick, my friends. It should be zero. Yeah, okay, good. So they definitely are taxed in Social Security in Indiana. Again, <laughs> again, again, again. I want the sales tax and the property tax to be low, and I want the income tax, if one has to be high, to be high. Because if we can manipulate your numbers, have more income come from Social Security, from Roth IRAs, there's a good chance you won't pay any income tax for sure, uh, as witnessed right here by Indiana. Nothing. All right, so now let's go back to 25000 And we're going to say we have 25000 of retirement income. And then, oops, we're going to say we have uh, 12000 from a public pension. Let's, oops, let's see what we got there. And that's going to be a thousand. Okay, so there um, what is uh, so twelve thousand. What was it before when we before we had the pension? It was seven forty two. Yeah. All right. So now we're adding an extra twelve thousand dollars of pension income, and it's only cost us uh, roughly two hundred fifty dollars in taxes. So that's not too shabby. Um, twelve. Yeah, that's that's about two percent roughly. So. That's not too shabby. Last thing I want to check real quick, and then we're going to go over here. Let's say we have $12,000 of private pension. I think that's going to change it a little bit. No, Okay, good. So they are really, once you hit that certain threshold in income, they're going to tax you pretty heavily in terms of your pensions. You don't get any free ride on pensions. Let's do 50,000. 
Yeah, okay. So basically, it's favorable for Social Security. Everything else is not as favorable uh, for sure. But again, at the end of the day, 1500 bucks, my friends, on $75,000 of income, that, that's not too shabby. I mean, that's uh, you know, roughly 2%. That's roughly 2%, not too shabby at all. So that doesn't concern me in the least. I'm just curious. Let's do 250,000 bucks. Uh, let's do 225. We'll make it to clear 250, 225. I'm just curious. Let's see what we got there. That's 7,200 bucks. So 7,200 bucks at 250,000. That's not a significant tax burden by any stretch. That's less than three and a half percent. So Indiana, not great, not great. But just remember, you got to look at the difference between state sales tax and state and local. You got to look at the difference between income tax and income when you factor in the local localities as well. And you got to look at the difference between property taxes too. You got to look, dive into these more than just a top line numbers. Let's see what the sales high are sales taxes in your state. And Indiana is a uh, pretty favorable there. Uh, lower, well, no, uh, Indiana is seven. So Indiana is towards the middle there with a uh, seven. Yeah, right in the middle at uh, 22, that number 22, the rank number 22. So uh, Indiana has some tax stuff to do if they want. But uh, I guess when they're saying, well, we got neighboring Illinois, um, we're going to eat up all the people fleeing Illinois to come to Indiana. And I think that might be a not so great of a strategy because Illinois is not as bad as we, as you would think we've already examined that. And you can look at my channel for the Illinois situation too, but it's not nearly as bad. Could it get worse in Illinois? Yeah. Could it get worse in Indiana? Yeah, there too. So anyway, don't forget to comment below my friends. Thumbs up always help me. So do a thumbs up that spreads the word on YouTube that people are engaged in this content and it helps YouTube promote my channel to other people as well. Comment below. Um, subscribe. Subscribe button right there. And then hit the little notification bell to be notified of future comment and content. And as always, go to heritagewealthplanning.com for blogs, podcasts, and all the other videos we do. And uh, don't have, hesitate to, to send me an email at josh at heritagewealthplanning.com. Thanks, guys.